0: Hello and welcome to episode 47 of season 2 of the Search with Canda podcast. I am your host Jack Chambers-Ward and joining me for two weeks in a row, I think that's a new record for the last like six months or so, it's Mark Williams-Cook. How are you Mark? Very well, thank you. It's nice to be doing a live one again. And this is going to be a little bit different to the last one we did. We did pretty much purely Q&A last time. This time we're actually going to do kind of a live recording of a normal episode. And also if we have time at the end and if you guys send in some questions on LinkedIn, we'll do a Q&A at the end of the episode as well. So the topics we've got for this week, we will be covering Google Ads paying advertisers $100 to enroll in automatically applying recommendations. Actors are swapping roles and faces on the SERPs, thanks to some wonky Wikipedia and Knowledge Graph stuff. Systrix, fun enough, speaking of Knowledge Graph, have a new Knowledge Graph feature, which we'll be diving into later on. Bright Local Academy has launched a new free course all about how to create website content for local SEO. We'll be diving into a little bit of the SEO metric chain from our friend, Chris Green. And also, OpenAPI launches DaVinci 3. So we're we talking about AI towards the end of the show as well. Before we get into all of that, before Mark and I dive into talking about Google Ads, paying people to automatically apply recommendations, we are, of course, supported by the fantastic people over at Systrix. And you can go to systrix.com SWC and get access to their fantastic free tools, such as their SERP snippet generator, hreflang validator, checking your site's visibility index, and, of course, the all-important Google Update Tracker. We will actually be talking about some Citrix new features later on in the show. We've touched on some SERP comparison stuff that I know we really enjoy diving into over the last few months. And there is a new Knowledge Graph feature recently launched in Systrix Labs, which we'll be diving onto later on in the show. So Mark, why don't you kick us off? Let's talk about some Google Ads. Let's kick off with some PBC like we like to do on this show that is probably 95% SEO. <laughs> yeah, this made it to the top. Of the agenda, yes. for me,
1: because um, it really got my back up, <laughs> and I thought this would be good therapy to to talk about it on the show. So, Google Ads is paying advertisers one hundred dollars to enroll in automatically applied recommendations. So, for those that don't know, uh, maybe don't manage Google Ads accounts themselves, or are lucky enough to have an agency do that for them for several years now there have been account managers um, at google who are there they say to help you with the optimization of your account um i don't believe they actually work directly for google they're kind of a a third party (laughs) contractor and um they will get in contact with whoever is managing the account and say they want to talk to you about the optimization of the account and essentially the collective experience. So this is definitely the experience I've had. And from what I can see, it seems to be co- the collective experience of everyone Yep, is the <laughs> recommendations that you will receive will generally be things like, why don't you increase your budget?
0: <laughs> why don't you whack on some broad match key phrases? Yeah, we- we've talked about this before in a broader sense of Google wants you to spend more money so they can make more money, basically. So spend more money and you'll get more leads. Like, yeah, I know that's how that works. Even me, I don't do PPC. I've barely touched PPC in my career. Even I know that's how that works. And I know that is very frustrating for the PPC team here and other people I've spoken to who do PPC regular basis. It's like, yeah, I know that doesn't help. And then you, it almost feels like you're being told off by Google for not being 100% optimized to their recommendations. And well, yeah, there's there's two <laughs> things in there. So Google did introduce uh,
1: what's called an optimization mm. score, which is very different to the quality score that they've used to track um, how well ads and pages were forming. So their optimization score is a percentage that literally goes up when you apply their recommendations or actually goes up even if you dismiss them it's in no way connected to how well optimized or performing the account is it's essentially how many of our automated recommendations you have reviewed and and applied and originally google for their premier uh, partners were going to set a minimum uh, level that you had to apply those recommendations at which they backed off from in the end Um, but the main issue is that a lot of the changes that are pushed by the account managers are not done in context and with understanding to the the business so of course they're not made now um, we've got a couple of emails here to to show you what has happened in terms of this account communication with these account managers so the first one this is um from june this year um and george hill shared this on linkedin This was an email he allegedly got from his Google account manager, which said it's the end of the quarter and we didn't discuss big accounts you're managing. Can we discuss them next week? If you choose to ignore my messages, respond when there's something I can assist you with, then ghost me again. I will reach out to the end client and tell them you're refusing this free Google service tailored specifically for your clients. Um, Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Literal threats from Google to contact clients. So... I've certainly heard about account managers jumping over the agency and directly um, contacting the client. And certainly I saw there was another example where there are several examples and the the most recent one I've seen was in November, um, which was a tweet shared by Matt Janaway, who was asking the Google Ads uh, liaison Ginny, uh, her opinion essentially on this email, which was, hi, Richard, a couple of points just had a call from Google, so this is from their client. From a google account manager basically wanting me to remove you and matt from the account (laughs) as you were not engaging with them i believe it's from india's her english was very substandard i think it was genuine as she had all your names and emails i told her i will not deal with them direct so again case of them trying to remove (laughs) the person paid to optimize the account so there's basically a long kind of history now of um this very hard line of apply these recommendations um and this news then kind of didn't surprise me yeah. but it was just you know so the those all those emails have been fed back to google right and they've come back publicly saying you know this isn't the way we want to treat our valued partners we will address this internally immediately yeah
0: as so does everyone who's caught in a scandal like oh no yeah that's not how we treat our customers we have the utmost respect and blah 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 it's the tick the box, like hold your hands up, but don't actually take any responsibility well, for this stuff, right? I mean,
1: you know, Google's a huge
0: company. Sure, right? sure. So it may take a long time for policy
1: changes to be ratified by who they need to be and for that to get filtered down. They do make um,
0: billions of dollars from ads. Oh, yeah. So you would like, think that would like be an important 200 billion revenue. Yeah, it was 240 sure. billion, something yeah. like that. Um, so yeah then
1: we've now jumped to this was reported on seRoundtable.com. we'll put a link to it in the show notes that essentially google has been sending out an email um that is offering people 100 dollars of ad credit so not even actually 100 dollars to enroll um in automatically applied recommendations so skip the whole account manager trying to get you to do it we'll just give you some free advertising credit if you do it and as you can imagine lots of people doing google ads as like <laughs> That doesn't even make sense on a financial level. Yeah, I will lose more than $100 in value by just flicking all these switches. So Yeah,
0: I I saw a couple of people discussing on Twitter of like, well, what's your price then? Like if you're running a small business and you have a Google Ads account and maybe you're not working with uh, an agency like ourselves or not working with a freelancer, you're trying to do it all yourself. I'm like, oh, $100. Okay, for free. That gives me the chance to like test the water a little bit and see how it's going and all that kind of thing. And then people like, what if it was $1,000 or $10,000? Would that then like, then you would probably get some agencies and some people who are doing this actually convinced to do it pretty quickly? Like, hmm, can Google just bribe you <laughs> to spending more money with them by giving you, and like you said, they're not even giving you money. They're giving you ad credit, which is free to them, free to them <laughs> for them to then make money from those ads. So they're paying you. With money that doesn't exist to make money that does exist for them, it's, yeah, it's this a, math, I mean, it's like it's, essentially,
1: it's essentially just a small percentage discount for yeah. them on the on the clicks. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's a thing. It's happening. Um, we're not going to be doing it. <laughs> and <laughs> if I, clients are there if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, it's not
0: going to happen. Um, but yeah, that's a thing Google's doing. Interesting, interesting. Well, another thing Google kind of maybe got wrong is that is the wrong way of putting it but we saw a lot of weird stuff happening with actors' faces and even IMDb credits swapping around on the SERPs. And as you know, Mark, I'm a big film buff. I host another podcast all about bad movie sequels called Sequelizers. Go and check it out. Free promotion for my other podcast. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, specifically it was highlighted that Jim Carrey and Paul Giamatti and also Arnold Schwarzenegger caught in this as well, but in a, in a slightly different way. We'll start with what I saw first, which was Paul Giamatti and Jim Carrey, essentially swapping roles. So this is, you search Jim Carrey into Google, you get pictures of Jim Carrey, there's his lovable rubber-faced young man over there. Then you get Paul Giamatti, Canadian-American actor, and there's a picture of Paul Giamatti there as well. And the same thing goes around if you search Paul Giamatti, you gonna still get a picture of Paul Giamatti, but you get the credits and listings for films starring Jim Carrey. So what on earth was going on? And then other people started noticing that suddenly if you search Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, such as The Terminator, a classic, search Terminator cast, you get The Terminator there, there's Michael Bean, Lance Hendrickson, Edward Furlong, Robert Patrick, Bill Paxton, Linda Hatt. Wait, where's Arnold, like the star, the biggest star of this franchise? The Terminator (laughs) himself was not there. Same thing happened. For Conan the Barbarian as well. You get that basically the entire cast there, but no Arnold Schwarzenegger. You also got Arnold Schwarzenegger being swapped for his son, who is also an actor, Patrick Schwarzenegger. So you type in Arnold, you get Arnold's Wikipedia page at the top here and all that kind of stuff. But to the right hand side, hello little knowledge graph, you get Patrick Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Which is bizarre. And a few people went around with a few different theories trying to work out what was going on. The most common theory I've seen is that Wikipedia was doing some updates and somebody had either overwritten something or was doing a mass update of a lot of like movie credits and stuff like that. And was basically, this happened to be caught as these things were pulling through in the updates in Wikipedia. And for whatever reason, Paul Giamatti and Jim Carrey swapped places and Arnold Schwarzenegger disappeared. I'm not sure if it was like the URL of his Wikipedia changed. So the knowledge graph was trying to pull different information and went for the closest one which was like i think there was a redirect at the time yeah yeah exactly so and the fact that patrick has arnold has his middle name is obviously his son pretty much the only other actor with the surname Schwarzenegger, like yeah it was really bizarre but it was nice for me to have my little like movie and seo crossover moment having me like oh i know these people wait a minute that's not normal <laughs> so uh yeah, weird little quirk in the SERPs that I thought was quite fun and quite interesting. It is now fixed apparently. Um so if you do go searching for Jim Carrey credits or Paul Giamatti or Arnold Schwarzenegger, you will get the correct information about their movie history and, and cast for those movies and things like that as well. So yeah, it was very interesting and I thought a fun little quirk to kind of point out that Twitter SEO got got a hold of.
1: <laughs> the thing that I would take away from that as an SEO is I find it interesting how heavily Google was leaning on one particular source there. Yeah, I thought to, that as well. To build and update its knowledge graph. So we had discovered um, something along, I think it was Mark who was the first person I, I saw do this, was messing around with Quora, um, the, web, the Quora website in Yahoo Answers, to change what you were getting in like rich snippet type results. Yes. And um, we played around with that and I did one that I think it's stopped working now. But for about two years, if you typed how many arms does Mark Williams Cook have into Google, it would come up with a little answer box saying 512. Because (laughs) you'd
0: put that on your blog, right?
1: uh, Well, I'd put it on my blog. I'd link to the Q&A from Quora to to do that. And Google had kind of lapped it up because it was like, there's a question, there's the answer. That's (laughs) fine. And obviously it's got no way to kind of verify that, which is, you know, why it went through. But what surprised me about this was, you know, these are, celebrities with high search volume yeah. and there mm. are lots of potential sources about them on the internet that should roughly be in sync yeah so i was surprised that because wikipedia changed that google just took that as writ that's correct yeah. i'm not gonna check there was no system in place yeah. to check the veracity of that change it was just like cool
0: yeah they vanished and they're now them carry on especially with things like imdb around and rotten tomatoes and so many other huge databases of information specifically about movies and actors where it is again imdb is publicly edited so is wikipedia now much more controlled than it was a few years ago but still they're publicly edited stuff right and you can get yourself added to those things as a contributor and all that kind of stuff. So it is a bit weird that it was all just kind of taken as gospel and I could write anything about myself and be like, yeah, get my own Wikipedia page and then do it that way. It, it, ma- it makes me think maybe,
1: and this is, I'm sure Google will deny this, and <laughs> I'm
0: probably wrong,
1: but it does maybe make me think there is some kind of special case for Wikipedia in Google. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking how would it, you know, again, this is probably my ignorance, and I'm sure I'm happy to be corrected if someone can tell me why. But you know, from an al- algorithm point of view, how it would end up relying so heavily, how it would pick that one site with all other things being equal, and how it evaluates them.
0: Yeah, because funny enough, Wikipedia always comes up top in visibility index like charts from Cistrix as well. Whenever we talk about the most visible visible uh, UK domains and stuff like that. When we going outside of like retail and stuff that we talk about fairly often, you go to just general visibility. There's lots of news sites. Wikipedia is absolutely top of that list pretty consistently. So, yeah, the fact that they feature in knowledge graphs and featured snippets all over the place probably is a I mean, yeah, huge it could be factor. Con- in that could be connected to that as well. Yeah, I'm just.
1: Just sets off that trailer of thinking that <laughs> it, it is interesting. So many things broke so quickly and so Just badly. From a little Wikipedia yeah.
0: change. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of Systrix and the knowledge graph as well, I mentioned at the top of the show they have a brand new feature that lets you get knowledge graph data direct for your keywords. And essentially you will get the name, the top keyword, the top URL, the amount, so the number of keywords that URL is showing for the, the knowledge graph. And the list of opportunities, so a, a list of keywords for which the knowledge graph is displayed, you actually get a little display like this. This is the example they use in the uh, article, which I will post in the show notes, so you can go and check that out at search.withcanda.co.uk. Uh, they dive into a bit of rhs.org, so we're talking about flowers and stuff, and you can actually get an idea of what the knowledge graph is doing for this kind of stuff. Coming through, looking at keywords specifically now as well, and Mark and I are Dodging around the side Wait, of the screenshot right. there. <laughs> uh, sorry, audio listeners. We are dodging around on the video of a, of a screenshot hosted on the video. Uh, <laughs> and you can also go through and look at it from a domain and keyword discovery perspective as well. So Citrix is really good for kind of dividing up the different sides of being able to look at something from a keyword perspective, from a domain perspective. And then this is specifically this final screenshot here from the keyword discovery point of view as well. So it's really excellent way of identifying opportunities from the knowledge graph there as well. Like I said, all this screenshots and this data is all taken from the update in the change log on Systrix.com and I will post a link for that in the show notes. And you can go out and check some fantastic knowledge graph data for you and your clients using Systrix in the future. Next up, we have a free course for local SEO. And I've actually done a few of these courses before. I'm halfway through this course already. I started it this morning from the fantastic Bright Local and Previous guest on the show, the fantastic Claire Carlisle, as well. I will flash up a little thing on the screen here for the video listen the video viewers. There she is. There we go. Fantastic Claire. She's brilliant. Uh, she's a fantastic host. Really good at explaining things very clearly, very simply. If it's your first time trying to do local SEO, this is a brilliant, brilliant course to start off with. And I'm basically just trying to brush up on some local SEO stuff. Because i know some clients are looking into some local seo stuff at the moment and i haven't done it in a couple of years pretty much since i started here at Canada. so i need to make sure i'm still up to date on all the usual stuff and there's a bunch of free courses and stuff on the bright local academy like i said links for this will be in the show notes as well and you can go and check out all of that stuff a few of them are hosted by claire i've done all of those and i'm halfway through this one at the moment as well there's everything from keyword discovery and research stuff all the way through to this latest one which is how to create website content for local SEO and actually Claire dives around and talks about the different parts of the funnel. So bottom of the funnel content, middle of the funnel content, top of the funnel content, how to do your keyword research, how to understand local searcher intent. It covers loads of different stuff. It's in about eight different segments. There's a little test and an assessment and you can get a little certification at the end of the course as well. So like I said, links for that will be in the show notes or you can go to academy.brightlocal.com and go straight there and get them all lovely free courses for you. Nice. I will be checking that out also. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a couple of people talking about it on Twitter and recommending it and things like that. And yeah, I'm I'm about 45% of the way through according to the app. So I'm enjoying it so far. Quick work. <laughs> so this is something um,
1: I discovered just before we came on the show which is by an seo i've known for quite a long time he's actually come down and done sistrix training (laughs) for us in norwich Uh, it's chris green and he has put together this wonderful image for what he calls the seo metric chain and it's got a post to go with it on his website which is chris-green.net we'll of course link to it in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk but i wanted to talk through it quickly um, because just from seeing this image, I immediately loved it same. Um, yeah because it's essentially it's the same approach that we've developed over quite a few years, um, and I've never seen anyone put it quite so well um, <laughs> in terms of you know no, you know visually. So this is talking about SEO and the kind of metrics that you want to report on with the left side of these metrics having higher technical value or being closer to technical value and the right side being closer to financial value and this is super important in terms of when you are speaking to your client or your internal stakeholders and talking about seo and the progress and the success you need to understand where they sit on this kind of value chain and what they're going to be interested in so it may be you know fd's ceos mds are essentially only interested in financial uh, value and they don't want to hear about crawl requ- requests they're <laughs> really not interested but maybe the you know the dev team um you know they're not so interested in revenue they want things to be functioning and working so you want to talk to them about crawl errors and and such um so yeah starting from the left um technical metrics so crawl, requ- crawl requests tongue twisters <laughs> crawl errors pages indexed and excluded pages all of this is available in search console and of course is the foundation if you're starting out doing seo you need these things to be uh good you know and this is how you measure them if you want good visibility and rankings because if you're having crawl issues if you're having problems with pages being excluded obviously you're not going to get the visibility so that's obviously the kind of reporting you do it maybe like a technical audit kind of level yeah yeah something we talk to clients quite a bit about um is visibility and rank tracking and personally i'm quite surprised i see quite a few people in the seo community kind of uh throwing a bit of shade on rank tracking saying you know (laughs) it's not that useful and why do you care about that you know good seo only cares about um you know organic revenue it's all about the money yeah exactly like
0: yes it is but you know, there's there's a road here that we're going down. You and I were talking, I'll, I'll take the screenshot off and briefly. Uh, you and I were talking about this with a client the other day, in fact, weren't we? We, we had to kind of, you know, we're in the early stage of this relationship We're working with them and we've seen a big increase in impressions, which is fantastic from all the kind of technical stuff we've been doing to the site. But the clicks haven't started coming through yet. And we're like, that's all part of the process. And essentially kind of like you were saying Mark. when you're first starting off with the site you start off with a lot of these technical updates and you're eventually moving from left to right essentially on this chart and then talking about yeah okay we're starting to get rankings now now we're getting clicks coming through then you can talk about transactions and revenue and all that kind of stuff and it's that progress step by step right and yeah explaining that to the client i wish we had this chart for that (laughs) meeting the other day and i was like this is perfect oh my god could i just like show this to the client and be like there you go we're we're currently at this stage and we're working with like growing your rankings creating new pages all this kind of stuff the clicks will come the transactions and revenue will come and yeah a perfect example from chris here of a, an easy way to lay it out yeah and the great thing is he hasn't watermarked it or anything so he can't just use it <laughs> um
1: <laughs> so yeah and i think that that phase here the visibility ranking is actually one of the most important because it's where people can get cold feet when they're not seeing additional traffic and revenue. So, you know, if you move your some core rankings from 90th to 50th to 30th to 10th,
0: that's brilliant. But you're not going to get any more revenue, probably no more vi- visitors from that. Yeah. Um, again, something we talk about regularly, right, is once you're well, b- before you get into that top 10, even top five, even top three, realistically, you're not talking about clicks, and but you can still be making progress. And again, it's that if you're working in early stages, if you're working in a small site that's only just starting to build its library of content and things like that, you're going to start off probably ranking 40th or 50th or whatever before you were able to build up internal links, get backlinks coming into the site, all that kind of stuff. In those early days, you're going to kind of see those rankings. Oh yeah, we've improved by 20 places from 60 to 40. like cool yeah that's that's made me no more money that's gave me no more traffic on the site like ah, it will it will don't worry we'll get there and as you build as you support as you continue to grow that site you then can then start pushing up where you're actually going to get you know 70 80 90 percent of the clicks in the top five and top three so yeah i think that's brilliant brilliant work by chris there to really kind of lay out clearly and uh i'll I'll dm chris after this and be like can i use this in my client meetings because this is great
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going on to the kind of search console data again there, impressions are clicks are really when you are landing on the first page is when your impressions will spike. And then, you know, all things being well, you should be getting more clicks, which is again, like that's at the lion's share of reporting for me because you lose fidelity. Again, when you get to organic sessions, obviously you're relying on on on-site analytics, which is not a precise Um, science and and
0: it's getting less and less so with gdpr and (laughs) ga4 not being implemented correctly and people not understanding how that's all working (laughs) but those um so the organic transactions revenue and
1: session to extend are like longer term um goals so yeah absolutely brilliant um this you know if you're starting out doing seo and you're struggling to communicate things with clients with reporting this will leap you ahead if you haven't had time to work through this yourself brilliant Um, kind of very he's made complex things
0: simple which i think is very (laughs) hard to do so yeah hats off chris really really great job absolutely i especially appreciate the actual kind of ways to measure things at the bottom there you mentioned mark like it says google search console google analytics this is what you should be looking at for these things at this stage rather than just uh find whatever wherever like i don't know if you're starting out brand new and you don't know where to look to find clicks and impressions or where you're going to get your pages indexed or whatever it is on this chart there's a brilliant little guide there from Chris. And yeah, hats off to you, Chris. Excellent, excellent work. I don't know if we've got any questions, if we can see. I've you. not yeah. seen any come in on the comments. I've seen a couple come in. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye out. If you do have any questions, now's the time to send them in. We are coming up to the half an hour mark. So we will be yeah. diving into. Uh, yeah,
1: we've got a few. Got um, a couple. Can you hokey-cokey hokey it? it? Like it, thank <laughs> you. <laughs>
0: Thanks, James Charles Adams.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, we've got a couple in there. Um, cool. So finally, the last segment, yes. I get to talk more about AI.
0: Yay. We, we've talked a lot about AI. We kind of covered it a lot when we talked about the recent Google ranking systems updated guide there. They talk a lot about AI, but we're kind of coming at it from a different perspective. We've had AI introduce the show. We've had have, AI yep. close the show and tell us SEO horoscopes and things like that. So. Welcome back a- AI. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> so we've
1: we've covered um so what I want to talk about is OpenAI have released a new version in their GPT-3 a new model called Davinci 003. So we've only been up to Davinci 002 and if you've played around with OpenAI um you would have seen there's different models they use that are kind of good at specific things. And I got into this conversation actually um, with Darren Shaw from WhiteSpark on LinkedIn, Um, someone very much respect him. And he said something really interested me and started off a kind of quite a long thread here, which is with an increase in AI generated content. It's no wonder Google is focusing on EAT. So um, expertise, authority, trust. AI writing tools can't write original content. They can only feed you what's already been written because it's what their models are trained on. Original thought will continue to win in SEO.
0: Very, very interesting openings of a conversation there, for sure. So I agree with this. And at the same time, I think disagree (laughs) in in some
1: way. And that's because when we talk about AI being trained on content that exists out there, to me, that's kind of explaining how humans learn as well. In that we go and we read things and we take them in and then we maybe change them slightly we curate them we rewrite them so i made this point to darren and i said i'm not sure because there's obviously limitations with language models and predicting which word will come next but there's whole branches of ai where they're using it for science and they're teaching it things and it's learning and coming up with its own novel solutions yeah And when you combine that with something like GPT-3, which is primarily a language model, so can you communicate and understand the context of these things? I think you can, and this is obviously just my opinion, I'm not (laughs) saying he's wrong, I'm right, but I think we will get to a stage where it is helpful for for everyone. And I had a back and forth with Darren about this, Um, and my point was actually around, if Google doesn't want that, why are they investing so much in mum? Which is, mm, their, yeah. which is their way of essentially doing just that, which is when you type in a query, if they don't think a good answer exists on a single page, they're essentially pulling together their knowledge of it and writing the answer kind of bespoke on the fly yeah. for you, yeah. which is basically this, <laughs> which is going to be original content. Maybe, yeah. you know, and there's loads of examples when we, you know, even when we do content audits that are talking about reframing stuff adding in different questions to answer intent. Uh,
0: Like a lot of people talk about that when you go back and oh, if you're doing an audit and you're going back and looking at old content that could be possibly updated for the new year or whatever it is, you're you're, you're not going to probably write that from scratch, right? You're going to tweak it and edit it and I'll swap this thing here and change that there and oh, that's out of date, so let's get rid of that. This is the new version, put that in there, all that kind of stuff. And isn't that just the human experience of creating stuff? As a person who has written music and written stories and all that kind of stuff, like, you are just, are you more than the sum of your parts, essentially? This is very philosophical yeah. of some... <laughs> AI leads to very philosophical questions of, like, every story or every song that I've written, is that just a ripoff off or an inf- direct influence from another thing? And what separates that, like, creative originality from just taking a bunch of stuff amalgamating it and taking like the lyrics from this song and the tune from that song and putting them together and oh it's a new song and nobody can tell
1: (laughs) i think the difficulty as well is a lot of people don't want the answer to be ai because it does make you feel a bit down
0: (laughs) going back to the terminator it's a bit skynet right like they will just take over and ai will write all of our content for us it will audit all of our content for us humans will no longer be needed for creative purposes. I think it's almost because we feel like creativity and imagination is that last like bastion. Yeah, the, the last bastion of humanity, well, right? The calculator yeah. beat me at the times tables, <laughs> but I can write better poetry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can write better poetry, but can <laughs> like computers have been able to beat us at chess for like 50 years at this point. So, yeah. So in that um, brilliant segue
1: onto poetry, Da Vinci 003 is specialized in giving higher quality longer output and better instruction following. So the first example I saw of the Da Vinci 003 was someone gave it this prompt, right? Write a short rhyming poem explaining Einstein's theory of general relativity Ooh, here we go. in easy but accurate terms. Okay. I
0: have a physics degree, so I'm intrigued already. <laughs> so this this is I'm what a it terrible came... poet, but but I know my physics. This is what it came out with uh, pretty much instantly.
1: And this is meant to rhyme, I think, in US English. So yes. you'll have to uh, give me the benefit of doubt. do, do an
0: American actor, Mark, you'll No.
1: <laughs> if you want to understand Einstein's thought, it's not that hard if you give it a shot. General relativity is the name of the game where space and time cannot remain the same. Mass affects the curvature of space, which affects the flow of time's race. An object's motion will be affected by the distortion that is detected. The closer you are to a large mass the slower it will the slower time it will seem to pass Pass. (laughs) (laughs) the farther away you may be time will speed up for you to see how how accurate is that that's pretty pretty
0: spot on to be honest yeah relativity is a fascinating topic but that has kind of summed a lot of the the wider discussions and broader topics in pretty easy to understand how days, long right? would it like... take
1: you if I gave you that prompt to write a short <laughs> poem about oh, general relativity? Uh, could I story? do it as a parody song instead? <laughs> that's kind
0: of my specialty. <laughs> but
1: to to me, that's like that's incredibly impressive. It, yep. it knew the brief. It did yep. it. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. um, OpenAI, you can go play with that. They've got like an open lab. Um, there's some free tokens you can use. The tokens for those that are already paying are more expensive for DaVinci 003 because it
0: requires some more computational power. Cool. Last, we have a couple of questions here. Uh, First one, kind of less of a question, more a comment here from Devon about the AI (laughs) side of things. Right. So... uh, Let's have a look here. I agree with that point, Mark, but I don't think AI will ever be able to create original content that can currently provide new thoughts in areas such as philosophy, kind of what we touched on already, where a human can provide a truly new idea cool disagree <laughs> um, hard disagree, sorry, Devin.
1: <laughs> so I mean yeah, again, like not my expert area in terms of I don't have like a degree, you know I, I did my Coursera qualification machine go. learning um but the way I look at it, you know, you take like, you know, I'm a dad, right? Kid, they're born thick as bricks. They don't know anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're not don't coming. They they're not coming up with any new philosophical ideas. Yeah. Everything that they will kind of come out with is based on what they're taught, what they learn, what they absorb. And obviously we're just limited by at the moment about how we can kind of put that into a machine and yes, it's understanding it. Yeah. We're certainly not there yet. Um I don't know. I asked one of the kind of writers on LinkedIn how they would define creativity. Um, and kind of the definition they Oof. came back with to paraphrase was around kind of, you know, things you know with kind of a random element that's then sense checked is basically <laughs> it.
0: That and sounds like something when, a computer could when do. When you <laughs> break it down like that, you're kind
1: of like, well, a computer <laughs> could do that. Um, you know, and, and when you give prompts to, GP t- uh, to Dali and stuff and see the images it comes up with, yeah. Um, arguably. Is that not creative? Because it's making something that's never been made before. Um, you know, and if I asked you to sit down and draw a picture of a, like a new animal, oh god, you're definitely gonna base it on something you've seen. It's
0: either yeah. gonna have toes oh, or it's gonna or be it's or, gonna be a horse. It's but blue. Yeah. Oh wow or it's gonna have wings <laughs> or feathers. Yeah. So
1: it's all based on things that you know and some other combination. So yeah. I don't know, like it may be the gap in my understanding again of what. Creativity is again. Like, this is uh, yeah. too philosophical.
0: Neither, neither of us are. Um, we, we do have a someone with a philosophy degree here at candor anyway. So maybe we should bring in a, the other, a specialist. The other, <laughs> the other,
1: the other two things I, I'd always consider is um, is historically, we've always been proven wrong yeah. when we say this. So when people say. Computers, AI can or can't do this. They'll
0: never beat a human at chess. Yeah, human so chess, chess
1: is a good example because people did say computers yeah. will never be able to beat humans at chess because it's a strategic game. Um, and the chess problem was actually solved before um, brute forcing it. So yeah. before looking at all possible com- you know, combinations. Yeah. And they've done the same with Go, which is a yep. more uh, kind of mathematically complicated game. Um, and the other thing is that um, if you consider technology always improves, OK, the only thing that's going to stop technology improving is some kind of like cataclysmic event. Yeah. Touch wood. Obviously, it doesn't happen. <laughs> but that means then logically at some point yeah. they will surpass. Humans we're we're in, getting to like in...
0: technological singularity stuff. Yeah, now. So yeah.
1: like it will happen at some point. It's just a matter of when. So I don't know. That's yeah. my logic on it. But
0: yeah. Always appreciate someone giving me hope that because i don't i don't want it to be the case yeah true i just think it will be will be put out of business uh here's a good way of putting it i call it magpieing from simon taylor taking the best bits but not copying (laughs) (laughs) thanks simon that's quite a good i like the way of yeah pick out pick out the little shiny bits but leave the rubbish behind yeah i like that Nice. nice less uh like brain melting philosophical way of discussing it um a very important question here from Steve, from Sistrix. Hello, Steve. Thank you for joining us. We have, where's the Christmas tree? Steve, it's the 30th of November at the time of recording. That's where the Christmas tree is. It goes up on the 1st of December. It is going up tomorrow. We there have you it. go. Yeah.
1: It's all been arranged. There's a Christmas committee.
0: We have our little fake plant over here that's not, not quite Christmassy. But next time you see us, if we do do one in December, because I don't know if we'll fit one around Christmas, maybe we will. But if we do, we will have Christmassy appropriate decorations and things. And if you tune into our social media, specifically our Instagram, most likely you check out Candor Agency on Instagram, you will see us putting up the Christmas tree tomorrow. The whole crew, like you said, the committee coming together and hanging the baubles and putting up the tree and all that kind of stuff like we do every single year. And lastly, question from Kyle Rushden McGregor. Good old Kyle. Hello, Kyle. Uh, What's that t-shirt you're wearing, Mark Williams-Cook? I've not seen you talk about hashtag SEO FOMO before. What could that be? Is that sarcasm? Uh, Who knows? I think yes. So this
1: is my hashtag SEO FOMO hoodie, kindly earned. I was going to say gifted. (laughs) Kindly earned by me. I I earned it. Um, So it's a newsletter by the lovely and brilliant Elayda Solis. Um, So if you just Google SEO FOMO, you will find it. Every Sunday, whole list of um, stuff about SEO. We have Some, talked about it regularly on the yeah, show. As we talk about it quite a lot.
0: Basically, the best newsletter in SEO bar none at this point. It, she is absolutely fantastic. So, um, we'll post a link to
1: that in the show notes. Make sure you use the link because I need about eighty more people, and then I get a rucksack as well. Oh, okay, then, nice, nice,
0: nice. When you're, are you still the highest like number of total referrers or something? Yeah, yeah. King of the referrals there, Mark Williams-Kirk. Why well, he's got a hoodie and I've got nothing. He wasn't interested in just giving
1: me cash for it. Though. Ah, okay. Like, okay. Just chuck.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that pretty much wraps us up from the comments and questions from the chat, all the topics we've covered this week. As we said, links for everything will be in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk. If you are joining us live, thank you very much for joining us. And if you are live here right now, I will be doing Hashtag SEO chat. I will be hosting SEO chat on Twitter tomorrow uh about 6 o'clock UK time and then that's 1 p.m. Eastern time, I believe, in America. I didn't know this. Did, did you not? You... Yeah.
1: When did that happen?
0: Uh A couple of weeks ago. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Good, good old Morty uh, Oberstein and Nicole Ponce, uh, who arrange all of that stuff from the guys over at Wix and SEMrush, respectively. Uh, regular chats. I know you've done it a couple of times, Mark, and covered some interesting topics. Uh, just the ones. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's okay. Nicole's birthday as well. It as is. Well so yes. happy birthday. Happy birthday, Nicole. Doo-doo. Nicole Ponce is awesome. Thank you, Nicole, for picking us out and getting us to talk about interesting things. I will be talking about internal links. And discussing all things uh, anchor text, link juice, and everything in between. Are you going to say link juice? <laughs> I'm absolutely going to say link juice, just to just to get that engagement. <sighs> you know, controversial statements to get the engagement. That's what Twitter's all about these days. But there's anything I've learned from Elon Musk <laughs> is you say <laughs> mad things to get people to engage with you.
1: Uh, <laughs> are we going to see a, a picture of your? Uh, bedside table
0: as you're run, as you're running SEO <laughs> chat. I have a have a prop gun and like. To be fair, it, it wouldn't surprise me if I did have a 3D replica gun from Deus Ex, like Elon Is Musk that what does. It was? Yes, it, yes. I thought it
1: was just some billionaire's like revolver.
0: Oh, unless it's real and he's just in the future. Actually, it yeah, it, it's apparently a 3D printed thing from Deus Ex Human Revolution, a print. a game that was good, but you don't need a printer now. <laughs> gun on your bedside table but anyway less about elon musk come and join me hashtag seo chat on twitter tomorrow if you're listening to this live if you're listening to this in the podcast feed you missed it but go and check it out i'm sure there'll be very interesting discussion from a lot of interesting seo people on twitter and you'll get some insights into internal linking there as well well thank you for joining me mark two weeks in a row for the first time in Six months, I think. Well, we'll be doing this more regularly yes. in the new year. So. Exactly, yes. We will be uh, We're working together with Cistrix basically, to do some more of these live streams coming up in the new year. I won't give all the details and announcements just yet, but I know Steve and Mark and I have been working hard on planning out some stuff to do some more regular stuff and more open collaborations and live streams and all that kind of stuff with Systrix in 2023. So stay tuned for all of that coming up. And thank you very much for joining us live. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much for listening. See you later.